and welcome to Minute 133 of the Great Escape Minute, the daily podcast where we dig into the Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me again today on this lovely Wednesday in 2022 is Jeanette Ward of the Mundane Adventures of a Fangirl. Welcome back, Jeanette. Oh, I'm happy to be here on this pleasant Wednesday of 2022. (laughs) Hopefully you don't have too much snow outside in uh, Upper Wisconsin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I, listen, it's cold, it's snowy, but I wouldn't have it any other way. There you go. That's great. Minute 133 begins with Danny beginning to row and goes all the way till we see Henley standing up. <laughs> As we were discussing yesterday, at the very end of yesterday's minute, we had Danny and Willie get into a rowboat and start rowing and or just pushing off. And today we get to see them actually do their job. So so Jeanette has so much she wants to say about the the I have so many the thoughts rowing. about this. Yes. Um, again, the first thing I want to mention is the score. It, the score switches to the most beautiful, like, evening, well, and early morning on a river. Pleasant rowing music where it's just like, yay, we're just out for a, a, a I guess stroll is the wrong word, a, a row. We're out for a row. We're out for a paddle. It's such a pleasant score, and it shifts as soon as they push off and start heading down. Again, I'm mystified by the fact that Willie and Danny seem to be on such so in sync that they don't have any discussions about who's rowing and who's steering. They simply hop in the boat and they're good to go with no questions. Danny takes over rowing. Willie takes over steering. And I I just feel like we missed a scene or they cut out a scene of some sort of argument about like, well, I don't want to row. They did rock, paper, scissors. Rock, paper, scissors to decide (laughs) who was rowing and who was steering. Because surely one of them was like, listen, we, we just crawled out of a tunnel. I, I had a panic attack in there because of my crippling claustrophobia. I don't want to have to row this boat. But then also, perhaps his, his, his standpoint is, you know, after having a crippling panic attack because of my claustrophobia, I would really like to row to work out some of this, to get my muscles going, to feel alive out here on this gorgeous river setting. So Maybe we find out, maybe we don't know that one of them is actually afraid of being in the water. That could be, too. We missed that part, too, that they're arguing over, you know, let's go in the boat. No, I don't want to go in the boat. No, let's go in the right. boat. I don't, I don't like the, the water. So then, no. then, and then, then we get Danny saying to Willie, okay, you sit, I'll row. And so, okay, yeah. that's fine. See, there, there you go. We could, we could add in little aspects of, of the, you know, cut scenes as to yeah. how this, this inevitable scene happened. See, there you go. <laughs> well, and Willie has the rudder, and, and I feel like... <laughs> My experience with rowboats has been limited to Girl Scout camp, and it was unsuccessful at best. Better in a kayak where I have all the control. Um, but the, the rudder, the grabbing and steering, do you really need that on a rowboat this small? No, I Wouldn't don't you be think fine so. just, uh, you know, just one person rowing and then well, a little bit stronger in one arm is going to turn us that way, a little bit stronger in the other arm will turn this way. You don't really need a whole rudder and a guy manning the rudder. It's not a pirate ship. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've never been in a rowboat where there's a rudder. I've always been a I've robot never, where you yes. just have to row. Yes. That, that was that was one of the points I wanted to make here about the fact that, that <laughs> why is there a rudder in this rowboat? <laughs> it's, the point of a robot is that you can steer it with the with the oars. oars or paddles. Oars. Oars. Oars in a, in a rowboat. Rowboat, yeah. When if, if the canoe is paddles, the here's oars. Canoes have paddles. Robot has oars. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Yeah, I just I couldn't figure that out. That just makes no sense whatsoever. It doesn't it doesn't seem necessary. It really doesn't. But, hey, it, it gives Willie something to do. At least he's not freeloading off Danny's strength. Those those boats in German-occupied areas, 
<laughs> they all have these ex extraneous things that you don't need. <laughs> That's right. My goodness. Well, it would have been, been better if they had a motor. <laughs> no, that would have been too loud. As we've established, they are making zero noise because they're having no conversations. That's so true. They're, they're listening they're, to the to the calming. They're listening to the calming music around them. Yes, the beautiful score that just encourages them to get in and quiet. And he's not like rowing with. Oh my God, we're, we really have to get moving. It's like, oh, we're just out for a nice casual row. A romantic. They're 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 on a romantic a early morning romantic row. <laughs> hey, whatever works. It certainly seems effective. So. Apparently. And again, beautiful shot, lovely camera work, the little village and church on the hill behind them that's reflected perfectly in the water below. It's stunning. Yeah. Yeah. Then we're, we're, we're done with Danny and Willie for this minute, and then we get to see Hiltz again. You know, he's actually now riding a motorcycle up from the ravine. Yes. He rides it out of the ravine. Exactly. Now, as, as I mentioned the other day, in the original script, there are two soldiers that are in this motorcycle because it's one with a sidecar and they they say that that he made a a makeshift uniform of the two uniforms that that looks mm. close to what it should you know that that he was you know that it then makes the point that the fact you know he didn't find a soldier who's the exact perfect size for him you know he's able to mix and match i i do appreciate that the soldier that he snagged is his size and he can simply throw on the uniform that's great the other bit of this that i love and i love him riding the motorcycle up out of the ditch i feel like <laughs> on the day they were like well the driver will skid and then you'll just grab him drag him off put on his clothes and then you'll pick up the motorcycle and ride down the road and mcqueen i feel like was probably like guys no 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 have him crash off the road and then i'll ride the motorcycle up this hill so I get a little like lift right off the edge and then I'll pause and I'll look at the camera and I'll fix my collar and then I'll take off down the road because yeah, exactly. the moment of him adjusting the collar so you can see he just put the uniform on where he's like well, let me get this so it's laying flat and it looks right and straighten out the helmet and the, the dramatic moment of just like whoop, this little tiny jump up the ramp of the ditch and he just lands on the road and looks like looks like a movie star Steve McQueen Gonna find a moment to look like a movie star, and, that, and that's the way he did it. You know, there, I, I've heard rumors, and I don't know if this is true or not, that he is actually also that that McQueen did the stunt. This I know there's there is a point where he does some of the. He's the, both of the people. Where he's both people. Um, I'm, I, 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 I know. know that, I think that's during the the big jump later, where he's both him and the guy chasing him. Yes, there. I know that there is that also, but I I vaguely remember hearing that that also here. Yes. Who knows? Doesn't matter. The payoff the, uh, is great because yes. the sequence is very No, because then, then, then we would know for sure that, that the uniform would fit. The clothes fit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that. Yeah, and, and I love the fact that, you know, whenever you see German soldiers, Nazis in movies, they're always, the uniforms are done spick and span. It's and, and, uniform. and he's wearing it in the, the typical, you know, Steve McQueen cool way. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he's not buttoning the top button. He's not, you know... Uh, which which might he might run into a little bit of problems with this a little they would later notice on. Right away if he encounters other Nazis and they're like, oh, his top button's not buttoned. Clearly, an American masquerading. <laughs> exactly. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, completely. You know, like he and and you see that he still has his clothes on underneath. Yes. So maybe 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 he's a lot. Thankfully, he's a lot smaller than the German guard, so that he can fit those clothes on top of his own clothes. Yes. 
you know, and then he, he looks around to try and figure out, and then he goes off in the direction that the Especially actual the guy came from. Came from exactly. Yeah. You, you don't see and, him do anything with to, to try to deal with the the piano wire. No, he, we'll assume that he rides over it, around it. He's he's definitely riding through it because it he's riding the direction the guy came from. So exactly. I, I think they did. I think they did it this way just to get because they get a great establishing shot from above, Dunning. watching Dunning him ride away. You know, yeah. back in the direction that you know that the soldier originally came from. And you see the lake in the background, and you see the trees and the the, the buildings, and it's just mm-hmm. it's it's just beautiful to look at. The unidentified quadrupeds in the field. Yes, of course. Sheep, cows, sheep. Don't know. Might be pigs. Who knows. Wait, which field are you talking? You're talking about still on the right hand side there, right? Yeah, can't you? Are there, is this? We can no longer see unidentified quadrupeds. Yeah. Oh no, because it would have been further off to the right behind. No, we, him we as don't. We don't see them dish. actually. In, in this scene, right. we don't get to see them. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, Jeanette. No, no unidentified no quadrupeds. quadrupeds here. All right. Then we move along and we get to see the train again. We're back to the train. Now, again, I, I, we discussed this the other day. I like the fact how in the original script, they establish how close everyone is to one another, you know, during these escaping, these different aspects of the escape. Mm-hmm. Because you never Each really think about that. You think they're the all going out in different... Area. Yeah. With these, they, basically, it's, it's almost as it is a handle of different set pieces where everyone has their own situation and moments and things to solve. An establishing shot to show you that, look, they're all in the same geographic area would have helped to kind of connect it. But again, it's not necessary. It just would have been interesting. Yeah, it's not necessary. But it but would make it sound, it would make it be more intriguing to yeah. see how close each of them mm-hmm. are. You know, that they're not that far away from each other. I mean, the real escape took place in, uh, when there was snow on the ground. Mm. So, you know, I, I always find it, you know, difficult. How do you hide your tracks when you're trying to escape Take in the a snow, snow branch and you don't want people just to find you, you and then you sweep it over the top of the snow as you're walking <laughs> why don't you know this i thought that was common knowledge well, sweep 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 behind yeah, you. you well yes of course but it depends <laughs> how deep the snow is and you know and and how much you're actually paying attention to what's going on and instead of just trying to get i suppose freedom. that's true <laughs> could be either of those so we see the train come by and this is the first time we actually have to see how many cars are in the train oh. did you uh, notice did you i'm count? counting him Nope, I did not. Five, six. Okay, so there there are six plus the the engine and the caboose. So there's a total of okay. eight. So it's a, it's a mid mid sized train. Yeah, mid sized train. I guess that's what they they could afford. You know, <laughs> that's what the production could afford to to rent for the day. You know, just to get this shot of the train going by. And then we get to see inside the train, and we get to see some of the. The, the escapees, we get to see Henley and Blythe just sitting there. Blythe staring out into the in, in, <laughs> into the abyss in front of him. <laughs> doing such a great job of, of showing how blind he is. We also get Ashley Pitt, you know, leaning against the, the side of the of the of, of the window. Then Henley decides to light up. Yep, sure. I guess I guess, you know, back back then you're allowed to smoke on the yeah, train. Right in the middle of everybody. Unless they actually just took the, uh, they went into the smoking section. They the sm- this is the smoking could be, car. Could be, yes. Yes, that makes sense. Although no one else is smoking. Okay, but so wait, <laughs> those two women behind him aren't, don't look like they're about to They might, they might be, they might be. They, they do look like smokers. <laughs> exactly. And then we see the, the conductor enter the car, you know, walk through. Henley then realizes that, wait a second, you know, <laughs> oh, I, maybe I should have paid? <laughs> <laughs> 
I feel like he's about to stand up to do some reconnaissance, although we don't know. We, we see him stand up. Right, so he, he lights a cigarette, looks around to see who is actually coming in, notices it's the conductor. I like the fact that he is in no rush. He takes his time, puts his lighter back in his pocket. You know, the whole time we see Ashley Pitt looking out the window. Watching the lovely countryside as it runs by. Saying, oh, look, there's Danny and Willie getting into a rowboat. Oh, and there's and, helps on a, on a motorcycle. And wait a second. Dressed like a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, and there's Sedgwick on a bike with a magically attached suitcase. <laughs> exactly. Right How does that thing stay on there? <laughs> it's like I'm gonna have to try and catch up with him and get get some tips nice. on keeping your suitcase. Magical balancing luggage. Henley then looks around. Then we we see that that. What's interesting is, is what is he trying to, to – what is he figuring out? Okay, they're, they're on the train. That means they paid for, for mm-hmm. tickets, haven't yes. they? You yeah, would think. absolutely. I mean, do, wait, do people pay for the tickets as they come through, or do they pay for tickets before? When I have ridden trains in Europe, you can do either. Uh, I remember years ago you could buy the, tra- the ticket once you got on, although now they have little automated machines. Well, the last time I was there, which was a few years ago – Hey, you buy your, and this was in Germany, actually. You buy your little ticket from the machine outside, and then you get on the train, and then you have your ticket. Uh, I was on with my friend who we were riding from, oh, Lord, I'm not going to remember the cities. We were heading to Zurich through Germany. There were a group of teenagers also. I was going to say, Zurich is not in no, Germany. No, we were heading through Germany, from <laughs> southern Germany up up through, and their group of teenagers were also on. During one of the stops, uh, there was a conductor who went through and was asking for tickets, and so we showed our tickets, and then um, as he left us and headed towards a group of teenagers. The teenagers all got up and got off the train. So clearly, didn't have a ticket. How did they get off the train? They jumped? It was stopped. It was at a, you know, it was one of the stops. So the conductor was, because it just stops at various locations, and you have you buy a ticket. You think that the conductor should be walking through the train when people can't just get off? <laughs> Listen, I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of trains. Or, or what conductors are being expected to do. All I can tell you is that we were stopped at a stop. The guy was coming through, and this group of teenagers exited it swiftly. Okay. That, well, at least they didn't jump off it. Jump that would have been train, far more know. exciting. Apparently. <laughs> it would have been interesting to, to see that, that that actually happened. You're right. Right, but, I mean, Henley is looking. So if, if, if they've already paid for their tickets, actually, maybe they haven't. No, they actually have to because... because if you have so many people getting on the train, it would be very conspicuous if none so, of them So paid. the question is, what is Henley's concern? Because he looks concerned, right? Exactly. He's lit his, lit his cigarette, puts the lighter away, and he looks concerned. He has watched the conductor go through, and now he stands up. We don't know what he's about to do. He could be doing anything. But he looks concerned. What right. Is, and again, the question is, what is what he concerned is about? Is, concerned? If he didn't pay, if he didn't pay, then, then he would be concerned that does he Does he have a gut but feeling if he has about paid, it? Is he nervous is he curious as to where the conductor is going or is he about to head up to the drink car and get some beverages for him and Blythe? Blythe can't get his own drinks. That's true. And I love the way that he just taps Blythe as you know it goes back to what we were saying about Danny and Willie, you know that that, that they they have these unspoken conversations between yes. them about what they're what they're going to do and how they're going to do it and he just taps him and Blythe at this point knows okay, you know it could be that Henley's saying all right, I'm out of here. You're on your own. Bye. <laughs> I've I've had enough of dealing with you. <laughs> you you've been uh, you've been cramping my <laughs> my, my style my escape style my style my escape style exactly. 
Yeah, come on, it is it is you know James Garner. Stylish, <laughs> the stylish James Garner. He is. I will say exactly. that um, in watching this movie, he and Donald Pleasance were my favorite part. The the relationship established. James Garner, my favorite character, but the relationship between him and Donald Pleasance was was certainly one of the my favorite pieces. Okay, great. Well, we'll we'll talk about that yes. more later in this week when we when we get to your your other you know once once we're finished with these minutes you know we we we'll talk about. You know, the different things in the movie that, that uh, you want to discuss beyond these five minutes. So do you have anything else for, for this uh, one? Nope. I think that's good. I, I enjoy the other train passengers and how the just the universal look of person on train of like, oh, sitting on a train. <laughs> right. I mean, we'll, we'll get a little more of them later in the week with some of the reactions. Some of, some of these uh, extras on the train have some very interesting reactions mm-hmm. that, that we'll discuss so you want to tell people once again how they can get in touch with you? Uh, feel free to check out my movie reviews over at my blog, which you can find at jwardadventures.blogspot.com. Just uh, general movie reviews. If you want to find out what my belly dance troupe is up to, you can find us at tamarindtribalbellydance.com. And you can follow me on the Twitters at, at Jeanette underscore Y underscore Ward. All right. Excellent. And you go to our Facebook group and follow us in the cooler our email address is thegreatminute at gmail.com. Our Twitter account is greatescapemxm. And our website is thegreatescapeminute.com. So, until tomorrow, tally-ho. Tally-ho. Tally-ho.